All right, episode one. My name is Cooper Winslow. If you listen to the introduction, um, I discussed basically what this podcast is about and, um, you know, my goal for it. And uh, if, if you haven't listened to that, I would ask that you listen to that before you listen to this one, uh, just so you can get a gist of um, kind of, you know, what this is going to be about and um, uh, my goals for it. So anyway, uh, like I said, my name is Cooper Winslow. This is the Two Cent 20 Year Old Podcast. What? Yeah. First off, I never asked for this I'ma go and grab my laser That I'll go and blast you with You will go and start a war But say you are a pacifist Can I log in? I don't know what the whole f- password is Break the universe to someone unfamiliar with the topic Hearing the word investing Brings on this shrouded in the shadows Need a seat at the table type of connotation What I mean by that is that For the layman, investing seems inaccessible You may feel unsure of where or even how to start I can assure you that when I first became interested in investing closer to around three years ago, I was in the same boat. You know, I was thinking uh, there must be something that I'm missing. I'm not really that good at math. Uh, I don't have the money to even really do anything. I don't. I, don't, I can't, you know, um, make that much of a dent. Um, but if I could speak with the minimal experience that I do have under my belt, it is the opposite of that. Uh, thinking that, you know, you don't have enough money to start, you're not good with math, uh, that there's something that you're missing. It's, it's just not true. Um, first of all, all the information is out there for you. Uh, that's how you really learn YouTube, the internet, you know, reading company balance sheets. That's, that's really how you learn. If you, if you want to get serious and get in, you know, down and down in the depths, that's how you do it. But, um, you can also listen to podcasts like this, investing in an early age is most definitely accessible. People think that it really isn't for the reasons that I stated, but um, just opening up an, an account, you know, a, a Roth IRA account is is little to none. That's the cost of entry. So, um, so being someone that's also started from square one, I'm going to try to go over my thoughts and basically what I think the, the beginning of a teenager's investing career should look like i'll be scrolling through social media and you know whether that's tiktok or instagram these videos of uh leonardo dicaprio from the movie wolf of wall street pop up and it's people idolizing him and you know i i I can understand that i've seen the movie probably you know four or five times um it's not my favorite finance movie it's it's okay it's funny it's um you know, obviously it's not exactly what happened with the real Jordan Belfort, but, um, you know, I, I can see why people my age would like it. You know, they like the money. They like the, uh, the unironic almost, um, use of drugs and, um, the relationship with women that he had and stuff like that. Um, but basically they equate him effortlessly selling overvalued stocks um, in companies stored in someone's shed in someone's backyard. Um, like they, they, they compare that to actual investing as an 18, you know, 20 year old. Um, and I think it's a little bit off the course, you know, it's, he was misleading shareholders and, um, people didn't really know better back then. They, you know, that was when the cost of entry was 
definitely higher. You, you weren't able to do it yourself. You had to have a broker, and he was a broker. So he would cold call people, give them information on a stock, and the people would get really excited about it because he would hype it up, and they would buy it, and he'd make commission off of it. Um, but it's not that way anymore. Um, there's certain regulations that are set up specifically for that, and um, you also don't need a broker anymore. You can do it yourself. Um, so investing as someone who doesn't manage other people's money isn't quite as exciting as what Jordan Buffett was doing because, you know, you're investing your own money. You, you don't want to lose your own money. Um, so if you really break it down to the bare bones of what it should be and what it is, it's basically an attempt to gain exponential interest on the money that you hold in a brokerage account. So it's, it's basically like what you would do with a savings account, but the potential gains are much greater than a savings account, especially in the new normal that we have with COVID. Um, interest rates are, you know, almost zero. They're basically across the board 0.05, which is, you know, obviously ridiculously low, but that, that's just the way it is in, in um, the situation we find ourselves in. So... With investing, it's a little bit trickier, but it's not confusing. Um, it's not as easy as just holding it in a savings account and getting that interest from the bank. It's not quite that easy. You actually have to find securities to invest it in and basically be patient enough, have, have, a, uh, have a strong enough stomach to sit with it for you know five, six, seven, eight years. And um, hopefully by then you, you will have gained a certain amount of interest per year. Um, that's much greater than what the bank is offering in your savings account. Um, so the question will always be, what do I choose to invest my money in to ensure that it does gain the interest and not actually decrease? Um, well, as uh, well as of October, the FDIC said that interest rates are measly 0.05%, like I just said, which is great if you're looking to take out a loan um, for a mortgage on a house. As of the 16th, the average mortgage rate is 2.92% on a 30-year fixed rate mortgage. I, I think I listened, I was listening to a podcast today. I think they said it might have decreased a little bit, but I'm not too sure. I think it's still around that rate on a 30-year fixed, um, which is ridiculously low because that interest rate is the interest that you're paying on the principal back to the bank for the loan. So having that little bit of relief, which... Um, was part of, I believe, the CARES Act um, when the coronavirus really hit America. Um, it, it makes it easier for people to meet uh, mortgage payments, and you know, it, it won't end up like the real estate crash of 2007, where basically everyone defrauded on their uh, payments because they couldn't afford it. Most of them had, you know, um, variable uh, rates; they weren't fixed rates, and you know, when those when those interest rates skyrocketed because of the recession, no one could pay it back because the interest rate was so much on the houses that they owned. Um, and if you really put into, pers into perspective what I just said, the 2.92% on a 30-year fixed, how low that is, in 2007, the interest rates were around 6.34%. So this was around the time the housing market crashed. So obviously within the recession, it just shows you that 
you know, it, it's helping take care of people that really need it. They, you know, some people don't have jobs right now that, or they have an unstable job. They're not sure. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's really helpful, um, for these rates to be so low, uh, at where they are right now. The only catch to these low rates is that the money that's been sitting in your account accruing interest won't be accruing much at all. This is where one might consider putting a nest egg in the stock market, more specifically an index like the S&P 500. Um, the S&P 500 is the index that measures the stock performance of the 500 largest companies listed on the stock exchanges in the United States. Um, the S&P 500 has an annual return of 9.8% over the past 90 years. So compared to the 0.05% on your savings account, I mean, it's it's a day and night difference. But you have to put, it put into perspective that <clears throat> nothing's guaranteed. The S&P 500, as of around, I think, mid-March, it was just sitting above 3,337. But that was in March, pre-crash. So when it crashed, it was around 2,447 in April. So you have to put that in perspective that no matter what, no matter where you put anything in the stock market, it's never guaranteed. Um, the return's never guaranteed. That's why you know we hold on to it for so long is because markets tend to, they tend to repeat history. They tend to bounce back. And that's that's what you look for with um, your, you know, your high... Um, your high diversity, low cost index funds, like that's, that's what you look for. That's, that's the whole point of them is that with the losers, you also have some winners. Like that's the goal. Um, so that you can stay afloat when things like this happen. The S&P 500 has since recovered, but you know, you know, it's still, it's still alarming that this was only what, I mean, just over seven months ago. Like it's, it's kind of ridiculous that, um, you know these things happen and then they bounce back so quickly I, I think it's more of um more of a, a current event that they bounce back so quickly just because and i think it you know it was, it was a big it was a big boost from the stimulus that we got from the fed and um you know i think that was that was all part of the recovery so it's, it's just important to keep those things into perspective that first of all nothing's guaranteed no matter where you put your money um especially in, you know, in individual stocks, if, if you look throughout the recession, if you go to any, any of your favorite stocks, any of your favorite blue chip companies, you'd be hard pressed to find some that, you know, they didn't, they, they didn't take on any losses. These businesses, you know, they, they were hit hard and, um, you know, especially small businesses. And that is why, um, you know, the stimulus was so important and, um, the PPP loans that they were, ridiculously important especially for those small businesses i you know there's a couple of businesses in in um portland maine that um i was a huge fan of and one of them closed down the corner room i was a huge fan of that place and i just learned the other day that it closed down um i don't know if that was because um you know they just financially needed to um or maybe the owner just yeah i, I think he has a couple other operations i think he has like two other restaurants in the portland area so maybe he just closed that one down, but kept the others open. Um, but um, going back to the topic, how do you start as a teenager investing? So basically, I believe what everyone recommends, not just me, I think everyone recommends this. When you are of age, if you're 18 years old or older, you can open up your own Roth IRA account 
and basically just start putting money in. With some Roth IRA accounts, um, there should be a financial advisor or broker there to assist you with, with any questions that you have. Um, and the whole purpose for this Roth IRA account um, is basically just to get you to invest in the market. Um, the, Roth IRA, the Roth IRA was created in 1997 as a way for people to invest after tax dollars, meaning you know, tax got taken out of your paycheck already, you can put it into this Roth IRA, which acts as a retirement account, and you hold it in this Roth IRA account, you invest in some securities, and the whole point of that is that further down the road, when you're closer to retirement, you withdraw that money, tax-free and penalty-free, as long as you meet a couple of standards. So, um, you know, people will ask, how do you open up a Roth IRA? So I did some research and bankrate.com ranked Fidelity is the best place to start a Roth IRA for beginners. That's Fidelity. And then Vanguard as the best for low costs. So finally, we just discussed a couple of the advantages. Investing after-tax dollars and being able to withdraw them with retire uh, when you retire um, tax-free. And um, so now it's, you know, it's only right to discuss a couple of disadvantages. Um, the restrictions of the Roth IRA consist of an annual $6,000 contribution limit. So per year, you can only contribute $6,000. This is because it's just the tax-free advantages that they offer the Roth IRA. If you were to put however much money you wanted in and invest it, you could invest for 20 years and then have a ridiculous amount of money upon retirement and then pull it out tax-free. But this disadvantage gets upped when you're 50. The contribution limit increases to 7,000. So it's not much of, a, much of a disadvantage when you're above the age of 50 because you get an extra $1,000 to invest per year. Um, another big restriction for the Roth IRA is the fact that you can't actually access the earnings in your account without at least five years spanning between your first contribution in the account to the time you're looking to withdraw it. And if you were trying to um, access them before the time limit, then you'd be susceptible to taxes and a 10% penalty upon withdrawal. I don't know if this is with every brokerage, but um, with most brokerages, you will get uh, taxed from the earnings and then a penalty upon the withdrawal if you do not wait um, that certain number of years before you can withdraw them. So all in all, investing is something to appreciate and take advantage of now, starting you, you don't time the market. You never start. You can never start too late. You can never start too early. Just as long as you're putting money into the market, that's you know that's all that matters. Invest for the future. Don't invest for tomorrow. Don't invest to buy things. Invest for a comfortable retirement in the future. Um, and do that while you're young. Do that while your income is um, disposable. It's you know rather than disposing of it, like I just said, why not invest it? And using your money to buy stuff when you're younger is completely understandable. I mean, I, I do the same thing. I'm not guilty-free here, but um, I do make it an effort to, first of all, contribute into a my savings account um, with even even with the the low interest rate. But then I also try to um, deposit into my Roth as often as I can. Um, I'm doing that all while also paying down a car loan and my student loans. So, 
you know, you know, it's definitely tough. You don't want to get stretched too thin, but I think if you set out, um, specific, um, contribution schedules, I, th I think it helps out a lot. Or if you just set up automatic payments with your specific loans, I think that helps out a lot too. It, you know, it takes some of the stress off your mind, but that's going to be it for this episode. That was the first ever actual two cents, 20 year old podcast episode. Um, in which we discussed investing as a as a 20 year old um, but not limited to 20 years old anyone of the age enough to want to invest or to begin investing um thank you so much for taking the time to listen um i'm really enjoying doing this actually this is this is pretty fun um i'm usually just talking to my girlfriend about this type of stuff but um yeah there should be more episodes coming out and i'll see you then